Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast, where we equip and empower you to fulfill God's call with joy and with purpose. Get out your Bible and open up the notes app on your phone as we jump into God's word with your host, Pastor Joey Miller. Welcome to the Mrs. Rev podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I cannot wait to get into the topic that I have prepared for today's podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about wife life, becoming the better half. So, so excited. Get your coffee, get your notebook, get your Bible. And before you do, though, I want you to head over to joeymiller.co and I want you to check out our Devonair Conference 2020. We are hosting Terry Seville Foy for a two-day event that you're not going to want to miss. You can get your tickets right there on the site. $30 is general admission. $50 is a VIP experience that is top-notch. So I promise you will not be disappointed. Whichever uh, whichever ticket choice you make, it is going to be an amazing weekend. We're really praying. Uh, Terry has a, just an anointing for purpose and 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 for uh, seeing your dreams uh, come to life so we're believing that new purpose will be uh, just born inside of us as we come together this weekend so i am loving this topic of wife life anytime i study something in the word of god it becomes uh, even more uh, illuminated to me so i was thinking wow like how is my wife life am i becoming the better half so I put together this podcast. We've been uh, studying uh, relationships at Champion in the beginning of the month of October. So if you missed that series, you can go back and jump on at championcenter.com and listen to our relationship series, I Still Do. But, you know, this is such an amazing topic because relationships are all around us. And whether you're single or you're married or you're divorced or maybe, you know, you're like, hey, I'm good. I'm just good to to travel through life alone. That's amazing. But, you know, we can't escape relationships. So the principles that I'm going to talk to you about today, you can kind of apply to any relationship in your life. But today I'm going to hone in on the aspect of being a wife and what the Word of God says about that. And my husband and I got married when we were barely 20 years old. And uh, it was an interesting ride. I wasn't uh, a pro, of course, by any sense of the means. I wasn't even like fully grown into the woman, of course, that I was going to be. So, you know, I'm still growing. I'm still becoming more and more like the Lord. But you know, the object isn't to become uh, critical of our spouse. The object isn't to wait for one day and 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 uh, find that perfect person. You know, a perfect person doesn't exist. Jesus Christ was perfection. And and uh, other than that, you know, we're all trying to to become more like him daily. But, you know, as I'm as I'm becoming more like him, you know, I have to remember that my spouse isn't my completer. My my spouse doesn't complete me in the sense of bringing me wholeness. He he helps me and I help him. I'm his helpmate. Um, he draws out the best in me. But my wholeness is only found through my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I feel like, you know, just saying that up front is such a great reminder that if you're looking for relationship wholeness from other people, it's not going to come through a person. Even if you're single out there today, maybe you're like, once I find my spouse, then I will be happy or then I can start my life or then I'll go to church every week once I'm married and have a family and 
you know, and, and we're looking for whatever that blank is, you know, uh, once I find my spouse blank, once my spouse can do this for me, then blank. And, and we leave that empty space that they could never fill. Even a friendship, maybe you're saying, hey, I'm not interested in a, a relationship that's romantic right now. Even friends, are you looking for validation in your friendships? Uh, even in your family members, are you looking for validation from your mother, a sister uh, that you're just never going to get and it leaves you feeling empty, it leaves you feeling broken? Well, that's because people are completely incapable of bringing you wholeness. That can only come through your relationship with Jesus Christ. So when you understand that, it takes the pressure off of the people around us. Not only does it take the pressure off of the people around us, but you know, then I can give myself permission to say, I'm going to go to one source to, for my healing, for my validation, for my joy, for my peace. And everything else is just kind of like icing on the cake. Every other relationship is an expression of the wholeness that I'm already walking in. So, you know, as we understand that, we understand that, you know, even as a single, that you attract who you are. So, you know, if, if you're looking for a spouse and, and you're saying, you know, you have this list of, of things that you would like to see in them one day, uh, maybe you're like, he's got to be handsome. He's got to be godly. He's, you know, and I would say just get your list in the right order in the first place. Like, you know, don't put like godly or goes to church uh, every, occasionally at the bottom of the list after like maybe tall, dark and handsome uh, or rich or whatever that looks like. You know, say, so, you know, what? My, my number one priority is that, um, you know, he is a godly man, that he treats me right. And uh, some of you listening today might say, hey, it's too late. I already, I already signed, sealed, and delivered my list. I already chose my man. And maybe you weren't even serving the Lord whenever you got married at that time. That's okay. God is, he, he restores all things. He's a sovereign God. He's not, he's not taken by surprise by the situation that you're in right now. The Bible says he makes beauty for ashes. He restores all things. So, you know, take courage today that whatever your relationship is, it's going to continue to get better. But don't forget, especially if you're single, that you're attracting who you are. So let me talk to the single ladies for just a second and say this. While you're making your list, you need to say, who am I? Who am I? Because ultimately, you can make your list and believe God. But you're going to attract who you are. That means if you're not going to church yet, you want a godly Christian man, maybe you need to set aside your list and you need to get your life in order in a couple areas. You know, uh, maybe if, if you go to the party scene, but you don't want a guy who parties and you want to be able to trust him and you want to have a good relationship with him, you might say, maybe I need to adjust this because I'm going to attract who I am. And so, you know, really taking a look at that and saying, am I making a list before God? of this dream guy, yet I'm not becoming the, the dream girl, that I'm not becoming the better half of the relationship that I'm believing God for. So, you know, sometimes as a single person, it's saying, what, what can I do right now to walk in the fullness of my potential as a single person, not waiting for that other person to complete me, not waiting until I find a relationship to start doing things right. I'm going to do it right now. And as I do that, it's a step of faith saying, God, I'm preparing for the person that you have for me. It's a step of faith saying, these are the things that I would like to see in a spouse that I'm believing you for. And I'm preparing myself. I'm getting myself ready uh, to be, you know, to be found by that person or to find that person or for you to bring us together. And so really understanding that 
you know, if you're single, write that down today. You attract who you are. Is the person that you are right now attracting the right things to your life, the right relationships to your life, or are there things you need to maybe take a look at and get in order? Because somebody out there might be praying for you. You might be on somebody's prayer list, and so we want to we want to do everything that we can to make ourselves ready uh, for that moment where God brings them into our lives. And so, you know, becoming the better half, becoming uh, the person uh, that, that's contributing to relationships. So many times, uh, women I feel like get into a rut of discontentment. We maybe look at social media or we uh, compare to a friend's relationship or, you know, whatever that looks like on TV or celebrities or uh, an idealistic thought that we have in our mind of what things should look like. And we compare and then we're saying, you know, he's not adding up. He's failing. He's falling short. He doesn't. If he would just, if I had him, all of these things go through our minds a lot of times as women. And we need to kind of refocus and reorganize and say, that's not what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on how I can be the better half, how I can be the best wife that I could possibly be, how I can continue to be growing and meeting his needs, growing in uh, becoming who who he actually prayed for, who God fashioned me uh, to be with for the rest of my life. And so when you start to look at things like this, your perspective actually changes from self-focus. What is this person doing for me? Uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to compare. I'm not going to say, you know, our marriage is bad because their marriage is good. You're a failure because you can't take me on 20 vacations a year, like my Instagram bloggers that I follow. You know, no, we're going to say, you know what, I'm going to focus on our relationship, the good things, and I'm going to bring my contribution to the table. I'm going to be the best wife that I can be for my husband. So I wrote down a few things they are going to help us become the better half. Of course, number one is the non-negotiable, and that is being with Jesus every day at some level. You might say, I don't have an hour to spend with the Lord. And that's okay. But by getting into the word, getting a scripture, praying daily, saying, God, uh, you know, change me into, into the person that I need to be today with the power of the Holy Spirit and making the changes and steps that um, become more like him. So, but number two is this. If we're going to focus and become the better half, we have to have an attitude of selflessness. And we kind of hit on this a second ago, but not what can my spouse do for me, but what can I do for my spouse? And the Bible talks about this. And the Bible talks about it in Ephesians. The Bible talks about it, the, the topic of honor. And, uh, you know, that we are to honor our spouses. We are to honor our husbands as unto the Lord. And when you understand that, the focus goes off of me and what can he do for me to what can I do for him? How can I so honor to my spouse today? How can I so honor to my husband today? And the thing about this is when you live with somebody, Let's just be real honest. You see the the good, the bad, and the ugly of that person. Uh, you see things that maybe uh, they're short with you. Maybe they make mistakes. Maybe sometimes you're like, I don't want to honor my husband. You know, he's he's not worthy of my honor. Well, here's the thing with honor. It doesn't work that way. When the Bible tells us to honor somebody, it's not a matter of if it feels like they're worthy, if we feel like doing it in the moment, we do it as unto the Lord out of obedience to God. And when we do it, we reap a benefit, a blessing from that. 
So, you know, I I look at my spouse not as uh, do they deserve my honor. I look at it as, Lord, in pleasing you today, I want to honor my husband. I want to serve my husband. I want to serve my family. I want to uh, give of myself for the most important people around me. I'm not going to make a list and say, are they worthy of me doing that? Are they worthy of my honor? I'm going to do it as unto the Lord. And and when you do that, like I said, those feelings, those emotions often line up as part of the blessing of sowing honor. You know, I remember not too long ago, I was putting away laundry and, you know, I would put away, we have five children. So at that time they were all in school. Now my son's graduated. He, he puts away his own laundry every day, but I, I would put away the younger kids laundry for them. And, and I would just set my husband's on the bed because he would say, you have enough people to take care of. Don't worry about putting my laundry away. And you know, I was putting laundry away one time and I was setting it on the bed and the Holy Spirit prompted me like, you need to honor your husband by putting his laundry away. Now, this isn't some sexist 1960s uh, message that I'm preaching you. It's not a good idea from from my perspective, even so to say. This is the word of God telling us to honor our spouses. So, you know, I, I wanted to do that. So I just put his laundry away for him. And it was just something between me and the Lord, like a way that I was sowing honor unto my husband. And he does things for me all the time. He sows honor back uh, into to our relationship with me. He helps me. And and so really it's us coming together and honoring one another. And in doing so, honoring the Lord. It's really preferring one another. The Bible talks about that, to prefer each other. And I actually pray that over our family daily. Lord, let us grow closer to you. Let us, let us honor you and give you place in our lives. And let us prefer one another. And so... You know, when I start to, to honor him and release honor to him, there is just a, a freedom and a love that flows from my heart and into our relationship. So, you know, really choosing to live from that place of honor. I, I think about David in the Bible, and David was done really wrong by Saul. If you go back to 1 Samuel, uh, and, and you'll read the story of, of David and Saul, and you'll see that David was really done wrong. He was betrayed by Saul. All he did was try to serve Saul, and Saul was actually trying to kill him. He was spreading false rumors about him. He was setting his armies against him, and David had really an opportunity to kill Saul, and the Bible talks about it that um, Saul was in a tent, and David snuck in, and, and he had the opportunity to kill him, and so he actually just cut off the corner of his robe, and you know, the Lord convicted David's heart in that moment. And David felt the conviction of God saying, you're to honor Saul. He is still the king of Israel. You're to honor him because of his position. And David, he, he you know, he, he felt badly about that. And he wanted to sow honor because of the Lord's command to him. It was about the relationship David had with God versus uh, not so much the relationship David had with Saul. So when you look at it that way, you say, how can I honor my spouse unto the Lord? And you start to look for ways to serve, look for things to, to do to sow honor. Maybe Maybe it's your speech. Maybe you don't honor your husband in speech. And, you know, that's that's a big thing in our household because the way my, my children see me speak to my husband is the way that they're going to speak to him. And not only the way they're going to speak to him, the way that they're going to speak to me. So if I'm constantly 
dishonoring him, if I'm constantly stripping his authority by being uh, maybe smart with him or snickering or rolling my eyes or constantly undermining him in front of our kids, then they're going to adopt that mentality. They're going to think it's okay to do that with dad and with mom and, and what's happening. That dishonor is reaping a stripping away of authority in our home. So, you know, it's good to say, am I honoring my husband with my speech, with my attitude? And that doesn't mean that we that I just agree with everything and, and we just always are in perfect uh, agreement. No, there's a way to disagree and still stay in honor, to still stay in a place where my heart's in honor, uh, my spirit's not wrong or, or like in anger or dishonoring him or belittling him, and he does the same to me. So choosing to stay in a place where you're releasing honor even when you don't feel like it. Second is this, choosing to let go. Let go of the past. Now, if you're going to become the better half in your marriage, you're going to have to let go of some things. Maybe some things that hurt you. Maybe some things uh, that, that keep coming up time and time again from the past. You need to make a willful decision to let go of those things. You know, the Bible in, in 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. And we're going to read it really quick because if you would just, if we would just live, if I would just live, if we would all just live by 1 Corinthians 13, we would all, uh, I feel like, love a whole lot better. So let's turn there really quickly. Let's start in verse 4. Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And I love this scripture because, you know, it reminds us of that you know that we're not to in, we're not to insist on our own way. We're not to be irritable or resentful or arrogant or rude. We're not to envy or boast. We shouldn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but we rejoice in the truth. And you know, I love it. It says it believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And when you look at that, when you hold on to something from the past, what you're doing is you're choosing to focus on uh, a moment. You're choosing to focus on something that happened uh, in the past that you just don't want to let go of, that your flesh feels good to kind of loathe in that place. And your flesh feels good to kind of stay there because in some way, whether we would say it or not, it gives us vindication. Vindication when we maybe don't want to honor our husbands or vindication when maybe you know, we, we, we think about how hurt we were. Now we, we have a reason that we can be angry or treat our spouse poorly. And really, when you're holding on to these things, what you're saying is I choose not to heal and I choose not to move on. I choose to stay stuck in that moment. I choose to let that moment define me, to define my husband, to define our marriage, to define our relationship. And God doesn't want you to do that. The Bible talks about forgiveness a lot. It actually says that you have actually been forgiven so that you need to forgive to the measure that you're able to forgive and let go is the measure that God himself will forgive you. So if you're constantly in that place of I'm going to hold my, I'm going to hold that sin. Maybe it wasn't even a sin. Maybe it was just a situation. I'm going to hold that situation against my spouse. I'm going to hold that moment when my spouse acted out of character. I'm going to hold that against him. 
And when we do that, what we're saying is that wound doesn't have our permission to heal. We're just going to keep it open. We're going to keep it open just in case we need a little ammunition. We're going to keep it open just in case I decide I don't want to honor him today. Just in case I want a way out of this marriage. I'm going to keep this wound open. But God doesn't want us to live in that place. We are constantly becoming more like him. And that means that sometimes that means constantly forgiving our spouse, constantly letting go. And some of you listening today have been through some really painful, traumatic things. Maybe that's adultery. Maybe that's uh, your husband acted out in anger. And, you know, if, if it's those extreme cases, sometimes you need to seek a mediator. Sometimes you need to seek a counselor to help you work through that. Uh, you need to seek the Lord and say, what is his directive for your marriage in light of adultery, in light of abuse? You know, but but what, I, what I'm talking about here is I'm talking about the issues that we are just choosing to be made alive in our minds and in our hearts, that we're, we're choosing to stay in that place. And, you know, as I look back on my relationship with my husband, I think about those moments and I think about all the opportunities I would have had to kind of hit the pause button in our relationship. All of the times I would have been able to say, you know what, we're not going to grow past this. And, you know, as I look back, I would have to really dig through my memories for those moments because I don't meditate on those moments. I don't think about them and I don't let them define us. And, you know, that's a decision that you're going to have to make. Are you going to let those moments define you? Are you going to let that thing kind of attach itself to your marriage, to your relationship, how you look at your spouse? Are you going to choose to let go of that thing? Are you going to choose to forgive and forget? Like the Bible says that, you know, our sins are as far as the east is from the west, that that he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness, that he doesn't think about them. God's not constantly bringing up our past. You know who does that? The enemy does that. The devil, he's called the accuser of the brethren, and he's always trying to condemn us and bring up our past. And and so am I going to be more like Christ? Am I going to become the better half? Am I going to release forgiveness or am I going to hold him? Am I going to hold him accountable for things of the past that maybe should have been healed a long time ago? So deciding to move on, deciding not to meditate on that moment because the enemy will try to make you feel like your whole marriage is defined by that moment. And that's just simply not true. That that was a moment and you move on. But if you continue to give that moment place in your memory, that's when it starts to try to define you. So we need to let go. We need to forgive. We need to put the past in the past. We need to take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. That means if the enemy tries to bring up a situation of the past and attach it to a thought uh, of the present or the future, you need to cast that thing down and say, that is not who my spouse is anymore. That is not who I am anymore. That is gone. We don't even think like that anymore because love bears all things, believes all things. Love rejoices in the truth. And I'm not going to meditate on that. I'm going to move on. And another area that we need to look at here today in becoming the better half is this, giving yourself permission to be happy. And this is a huge one because a lot of times we view marriage we view relationships in the light of what we've seen modeled out or like I said before in point number one we compare and a lot of times we're not giving ourselves permission to be happy and enjoy our relationships we're not giving ourselves permission to say you know I love my spouse he's my best friend I'm having fun with my spouse it's almost like we're on this crazy cycle 
And if you'll go with me here for a second, it's like that cycle of you don't know how to operate outside of dysfunction. That things have been so dysfunctional for so long in your relationship. And maybe it's not every area, but maybe maybe it is. Maybe it is every area in your relationship. Or maybe it's just those certain areas that every time it comes up, it's like a trigger subject and it's just a, a cycle of dysfunction. Maybe you address it, you fight about it. Maybe something happens, you fight about it. Maybe a thought from the past, you fight about it. A huge blowout fight or maybe you just don't talk to each other for days. Uh, or maybe, you know, you end up sleeping in se- separate rooms. Let me just say that's never healthy. No matter how upset you are at your husband, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger resolve it don't give don't let yesterday's fight carry into today every day is a fresh day with fresh mercies who wants to wake up dealing with yesterday's junk in a brand new day where you can put it all behind you and move forward no don't go to bed angry don't decide to sleep in separate rooms say you know no we're not going to let anything come between our marriage bed and you know for some of us that might mean you know not holding uh holding intimacy back from our husbands when we're upset with them that that we need to 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 not hold that against him but we need to to really engage in that intimacy with him especially in times that the enemy is trying to come and bring division and i know it's not always easy because intimacy intimacy is different for a woman for a guy it's it's you know more of a physical Thing. For a woman, it's more of an emotional thing. Like we're opening up to this person. And so if we're mad at our husbands or if there's unresolved conflict, the easy thing to do is just to shut ourselves off uh, from intimacy with them, to, to close up, to clam up. But, you know, that only feeds into the, the devil's agenda to steal, kill and destroy, to separate you from your spouse. You know, talk it through. Decide that you're going to, for right now, resolve and be together. And God created it that way, the two to become one. And there's unity that comes with that. And so, you know, stop the crazy cycle. Whatever that trigger is, decide I'm going to give myself permission to be happy. My, you might not have seen your parents happy. You might, you might have come from a home of divorce where your parents were always arguing. You need to get a fresh vision for what happiness looks like in your marriage. Don't just scroll through Instagram and say they're happy and I could never be happy. What is it in your marriage that you would define as happy? What is it that you would define as this is where I want our marriage to go? And start, you know, speaking into those things. Give yourself permission not only to dream and have a vision, but to be happy right now where you're at in your marriage. Choose today. Like, I'm not going to be mad at my husband all day and have an attitude towards him. Some of us are really good at being nice to everybody else and being nasty to our husbands. We need to say, you know what? I'm going to laugh with my husband today. I'm going to give myself permission to flirt with my husband today. I'm going to invest where I'm at. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk badly about my marriage right now. I'm going to give myself permission to break the crazy cycle. The next time that cycle tries to rear its head, I'm going to cut it off. I'm not going to play into it. I'm not going to prolong the fight. I'm going to be a person who seeks unity and who seeks resolve. And as for me, I'm going to be a peacemaker in my relationship. I'm giving myself permission to stop the crazy cycle, to stop the dysfunction, and to live in a place of happiness, in a place of peace. And that's my prayer for you today as you're listening to this and becoming the better half. Don't even focus on so much 
as as you're listening to this podcast, all the things maybe your husband has done wrong or all the areas that you're mad at him about. That's what usually happens when a marriage podcast or a relationship podcast plays. We start to think, you know, of all the bad things or we start to subconsciously bring out all the ammunition that we have against our spouse. But but don't think about that today. Think, how can I, how can I become the better half? How can I do what I need to do to see this relationship succeed before God? How can I honor my husband today as unto the Lord? You know, am I am I holding on to things that I just need to let go of? Those moments, I'm choosing not to let them define me. I'm choosing to let God rewrite our love story, our marriage story. I'm giving myself permission to to release honor and to serve my husband today, even if I don't feel like it or I feel like he's not deserving of it. I'm choosing to so honor as unto the Lord. I'm choosing to to break that crazy cycle and to live in peace and harmony. I'm choosing to let myself laugh today. I'm choosing uh, to let myself enjoy my spouse today, even if it's on a small level, even if it's a smile, even if it's a look of of flirtation, something different today that you're choosing to engage and be happy to live in peace, to sow unity, to break the crazy cycle. And I'm praying for each one of your marriages. I'm praying if you're single and you're looking for a spouse that you will find the right spouse that God has created for you. If you're maybe struggling today in loneliness, I'm praying that you would find your wholeness in the Lord. If you may be going through a divorce or a hard time, I pray that the Lord would heal your heart and and, and just bring restoration to your heart today. And all of you who are who are in the middle of a marriage, whether it's good and it's just going to get better or maybe it's bad. And, and I pray that you would have fresh faith today that things can change and whatever that looks like. I'm believing with you. And I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. And I can't wait to talk to you next time on the Mrs. Rev podcast. Thanks again for joining us for the Mrs. Rev podcast. If you can help us out, do us a favor and subscribe, but also leave a rating and a review. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. So after you subscribe, request to join our closed Facebook group and feel free to leave any of your questions there. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Mrs. Rev Podcast.